I competed for the first time in a while on Saturday. I was completely intimidated in the warm-up, so it was me on my little chestnut and three beautifully bred warm bloods. And you're just, just not even in the same ballpark. I found that I actually apologised to the judge when I presented. I said, I'm really sorry for what you're about to see. From performancewriters.com, this is The Collectives, where we gently put aside the experts and the training just for a little while and have some real talk with riders from the equestrian tribe. I'm Nat Foxen, and today we're talking with three wonderful experienced riders who, despite their knowledge and expertise, feel like they don't belong in the dressage arena. Do you ever feel self-doubt or incompetence with your writing despite the fact that you're actually educated and experienced and have probably had accomplishments in your sport. The phrase often associated with these feelings is imposter syndrome and today we have three wonderful writers from our community who despite being capable and intelligent writers often contend with this feeling of being an imposter. Those three writers joining us today are Lisa, Marina, and Shaleen. Welcome, writers. Hi. 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 Great to have you here talking about this really interesting topic that I know a lot of people deal with this. Uh, Lisa, let's start with you. Okay. So I have always ridden. I've yeah, ridden since I was quite young. Um, probably did a lot of pony club, not a lot of competing, and then um my later teens probably did a lot of trail riding, did a little bit of endurance and then got back into dressage. <clears throat> have one horse who I'm training. She's probably around elementary and training medium at the moment. Let's hear about your experience with this thing we call imposter syndrome. What does that feel like for you? And when did you, when do you experience? Tell me all about it. It's the feeling of not being good enough. I told her I'd get upset. <laughs> um, you know, I understand I have knowledge, but it's just tough. You don't, you doubt yourself. Yeah. And when do you find that you, like when does that sort of heavily weigh on your mind? Is it? It can when be when you're going to clinics. It can be when you're going to a competition. Um, it can be after a particularly bad ride. You know, I have the knowledge, I can see it. Sometimes, you know, you struggle to put it into practice. But, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Have you felt like this for as long as you can remember? Or um, No, probably, probably from my early 20s maybe. Yeah. Writing before that, it was always good and fun. You know, you'd have a great time. You'd just go and do stuff. but. Maybe it does come down with, you know, you're trying to learn new things. You're trying to improve. Yeah. And is, what, what impact does it have on you? Does it hold you back from doing anything with your sure. writing? It definitely does. You feel like you're not progressing. If you look back, you can see that you are, but you can get very stuck in the moment. Yeah. And what about... You know, would you not, for example, compete or go to a clinic or something like that because of those feelings? And is there a time that you can remember that that's happened? Definitely probably wouldn't compete. Um, and there's definitely times at clinics where you think, you know, you're taking up someone else's spot. 
Oh, wow, really? Particularly if you've had a really challenging ride with the horse and I've got a really challenging horse at times. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you'll be in a lesson and think, like, oh, somebody more suitable or more worthy could have taken this spot. Not necessarily. Yeah, can be in a lesson, definitely after a lesson. You know, we had a really tough weekend. Did you? Very tough, yeah. Yeah. What, ha- what happened, Lisa? Oh, just, you know, you know, have a day when everything's off and doesn't want to play the game. Yeah. And you just feel like you've gone back, particularly when you've worked so hard and you've put in the hours and you get there and it all falls apart. It's really hard. Yeah, for sure. So do you have any strategies in place to try to help you? So for an example, as I said, the weekend was really hard. Um, but it is, it's like, okay, so what have we learned from this? What can we do moving forward? What strategies can I put in place? And also the determination that, you know, this is what I've got and what I can afford. So it's going to have to work. Yeah. It's going to have to happen and it's going to have to work. Yeah. You get determined that, yeah, there is part of, you know, horse riders grit that you get back up and you get back on the horse and you have another go. Mm. And is that, that's what you, that's your philosophy? Yeah. Like I don't have another option. Like, you know, your option is do you ride or you don't ride. Mm. It might take you a day or two to get over it, but then you just get more determined to go back and work it out. You know, we know that 90% of the time it's the rider. So how do we, you know, how do we be better? Mm. And And what about in your, in your, um, community of friends and you know you're in the program as well you have that community as well do you find that this is a shared experience that you have I mean obviously we've just here alone we've got a couple of other riders who feel the same way but do you feel like it's it's um other riders are sharing this kind of issue as well and do you talk to them about it I think there's probably times when they do feel like that um we are very lucky in the community we have in the program um that we are very supportive and the group of riders that we ride with at clinics are extremely supportive which is really important as well Hmm. see your struggles and you know we're also our worst critics as well what we say to ourselves we wouldn't be saying to the other people around us about their riding no exactly that's right and so what about competing for you? So what is competition looking like when you're dealing with this sort of hurdle? Um, it's not even on the radar. Yeah. Not even on the radar. Because of, because of this? Um, yeah. And, you know, you want to go out and you want to do your best. And if you feel like it's not, not at its best, then, you know, you're not doing it. Yeah. And the same is like I also feel like at times I'm not progressing because, um you know, you're wanting to go back and perfect the things that haven't worked or build on those. So, yeah, that's interesting, that concept of wanting to perfect something because I think this thing with imposter syndrome and perhaps being a bit of a perfectionist is linked. Do you think that is the case for you? Because you don't want to go out and feel like you've failed in front of anyone, even though you're the only one judging yourself. Most of the people are very too busy. And, you know, intellectually, you understand that. It doesn't mean that it works emotionally. Yes, that's right. Yeah, exactly. 
Hey guys, sorry to interrupt you, but it's Brett Parbury here and I just wanted to pop in and say that if you're enjoying this conversation, you might like to head over to performancewriters.com slash podcast where we list free training resources just for our podcast audiences. Find out what's available now at performancewriters.com slash podcast and now back to the episode. Verena, listening to that, does, does some of what was Lisa was saying resonate with you? I'm a bit sad that I can't give Lisa a hug, but yeah. <laughs> when we meet up, I will. Uh, very much so. Um, I uh, My experience with horses as a child was pretty much going to the Easter show each year and seeing them trot around in the arena. And nice. when I was 40, I had the opportunity to have my first riding lessons. Oh, that's so great. So I started very late. Um I would like to say that I've been riding for two years, but that actually means <laughs> that I've been riding for 17 years, but that's okay. Um, so my experience has been hard fought. I currently have one pony um, and we are trying to do novice level. I think he's a bit of an imposter too, though, so we'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I don't have a purpose-built dressage horse, so I've got a mongrel of a half-Arab quarter stock horse, quarter riding pony. And um, I competed for the first time in a while on Saturday at Clarendon because I really wanted to ride at Clarendon before it gets shut down. Yeah. And um, I found that I actually apologised to the judge when I presented. I said, oh, I'm really sorry Marina. for what you're about to see. Um, oh, before you even hard. rode, Marina, before you even got in the arena. Yeah. And the first test was horrible. He hadn't been at Clarendon since 2018 and, I was completely intimidated in the warm-up, so it was me on my little chestnut and three beautifully bred warm bloods, and you're just, just not even in the same ballpark. Um, the second test went better. I didn't know the judges, which was good, and I think it's gotten a lot worse for me since I started working in the equestrian industry. So most of my career was in supply chain. And at the start of last year, I started running Clarendon events and I got to know the judges and you start to listen to the conversations that happen. And it's like, oh, there wasn't a single horse in my class that I would have, that should have even been there. And I'm like, oh God, I'm one of those. Um, Yeah. And so you kind of almost give up before you start. I really wanted to scratch from the weekend because I knew that we weren't up to speed. I've been traveling and and my husband said, go. He said, you used to love going and just being out with your horse. And now the judgment's much greater, even though the pony is performing better and he's performing better by his standard, not by anybody else's standard. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, why well, am I even here? So so, but, so what changed? And your husband said, you used to you used to love doing that. That used to be a real joy for you. Is, is it because you? I'm not you know, anonymous working anymore. in that industry, and mm. you're more visible. I'm not anonymous anymore. You're so, anonymous. yep. Um, that name, people know that name. It's a bit of a distinctive name too. So, yeah. And even the way the judge greeted me on my first test it was like, "Oh, Marina. Okay, let's see." And I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be such a disappointment." Um, so I think I'd set myself up, self up to fail before I even started. Um, you felt like it was going to be a disappointment for the judge. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of wasting your time. I know I've paid my money, um, but I'm just kind of wasting their time. So yeah, 
When else do you feel this um, quite heavy feeling, really, of imposter syndrome? Oh, most of my life, but you probably need um, psychologists to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What about with your writing specifically? Is it, do you think it's, it's only in that? sort of competition realm Mm. where you're more visible no I think a lot of the time I do so I I have the only pony in a warm blood stable um okay my coach um who I just with rides big warm bloods and she's also a dressage judge so I'm well aware of where we do and don't fit in um I think the only thing that's oh not the only thing but the thing that's really kept me going recently is um the program and and, you know i've got it written down in big letters you're just trying to make your horse the best horse they can be yeah not make them into anybody else's horse so you know my coach said to me the other day well really verna the best thing you could do if you dress i just get another horse and i'm like "Mm, i'm not going to do that so i need to find a place you love the horse you've got i do yeah he's interesting um i figure i learn a lot from working with him yeah so yeah and so is how is this feeling of imposter syndrome holding you back what would you be doing do you think if you felt more secure or comfortable or or worthy um probably going harder or probably entering more comps Mm -hmm. um it doesn't stop me trying like lisa i practice my heart out and i've got the knowledge and we keep trying um yeah, it's it's probably to the point where I'm I'm looking at another discipline and maybe go try some working equitation where it's not all imported warm bloods and good good lines um, to find something more suitable for him and mm. me. So yeah, that's really interesting. Um, is your is your heart in dressage? Like, is that ideally where you would like to? Would you like to stay in dressage? But it's this feeling that's sort of making you look outwards or? I think, yeah, my heart's in dressage. I think it's the most beautiful sport. Um, and, but I think it's it's separating as well. Um, so what do you mean by pe- that? It's separating into the, the people with the right horse and the people without the right horses. So, um and I, I just don't think I ever, I didn't start riding early enough. I try really hard, but I just didn't start ride early, riding early enough. I've got too many things to overcome to be ever very good at it. Um, I don't need to be very good at it. I just need to feel that, I don't know, it's accepted. Yeah. Do you get much external feedback that um, your riding or your pony isn't accepted? Or I'm wondering how much of that is internal and how much is sort of fed externally yeah good good point probably not directly externally um in fact I get good feedback from other people um but you look around and you go I don't look like any of them (laughs) so yeah yeah and what about any strategies you've found that help you so far um probably the most important one like I have my, um, from the program, I have my plan for each week of what we're going to do. Um, so we have our fundamentals day. We have a advancing knowledge. So we learn something new. We have a fun day. We have a, let's practice dressage comps, like practice a dressage test. So that strategy, having a program that we work through and just 
keep thinking I'm going to make him the best I can be and I'm going to keep learning while I'm teaching that little wiggly worm how to <laughs> try and stay around and try and stay, just try and keep progressing. It's just yeah. going to be at our pace, I guess. Yeah. And perhaps also, you know, you mentioned in there surrounding yourself in terms of your coaching and your boarding with an appropriate set of people who are supporting you in to ride in the way that you want to ride on the horse that you want to ride. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just want to pop in for a moment to let you know that just like our riders today on the podcast, you too can be a part of our community by enrolling in Brett Parbury's Dressage Breakthrough Program. Enrollments are open now and we'd love to welcome you no matter what level of dressage you're currently at. If you have a goal to improve, this program's for you. Find out more and get in touch with us at performanceriders.com. Now back to the conversation. Charlene, what about you? Is a, is a lot of what Lisa and Verena are saying ringing true for you? Um, yes, but a little bit different as in I always think I don't know enough. Yeah. I'm always um, reading, trying to understand things, um, and I still don't feel like I know enough. I mean, the program's been brilliant as in to help so much explain and make it simplify and understand it. But even when I'm out there and I'm riding, I'm going, I don't get what they're getting. I just don't feel like I know enough to to look like them and to have my horse go like them. So that to me is really hard. Because hmm. I just I keep striving. I'm trying, I don't know if I'm trying to find this magic bullet so I can look like everybody else and ride as well and be as good and be able to train the horse so that I can train like them. And so for me, yeah, I really struggle with feeling like I never know enough. Yeah. I, and I don't sit well and my my body's a bit busted up and I can't sit like them and the time of the aids and, yeah, so for me when I get out there and I compete, yes, I've got this picture, but I look around and I go, but why can't, what am I missing out on that they're getting? And and then I go, yeah, how, like, yeah, should I be here because I always feel like I don't know enough. Mm. And um, so, um, yeah. you know, having worked with you for a few years in the program, I think you're such a great example of someone who, if you had the confidence to tap into what's already there, you could actually teach it all to the rest of us. You know, you've got so much there. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I'm always in pursuit, always pursuing. Yeah, like the mysterious advanced yeah. strategies. Yes, that's right, the golden bullet. That's Yeah, you're like there must be something else that everyone yes. knows that I don't know, but that's right. it doesn't exist. Yeah, and then you're riding this horse and see my big, I suppose my big imposter syndrome in a way's connection, um, contact. I struggle with that concept so much 
and I feel like I'm not connected enough, you know. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, I'm always trying to find that golden bullet and never thinking I'm good enough to find it. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's. What impact does it have on you? Do you hold yourself back from competing or going to clinics or anything like that? No, because I have such a knowledge, wanting to know knowledge, but probably competing, it took me a while and, like, with the encouragement of Fred and that to actually try medium, I've never tried it, you know. You know, I've always inspired to get to Grand Prix and I keep thinking, why am I not there yet? What am I? <laughs> it's always that. And then getting to medium and being around all these horses and um, going, should I still be here? Are we good enough to do this? And... Um, so it's always that self-doubt, always yeah. thinking. And, like, if it wasn't for the program, I'd never done a flying change nor trained one. And yet, you know, with the program, I've been able to do that. Yeah. And I've been able to go to a medium test uh, comp and I've done four medium comps and I actually placed in the last one out of a field of 17. But I still didn't think, you know, I'm not as good as them. Yeah. How are you at looking at where you were and where you are and seeing the progress? Not very good at that. Not very good. <laughs> and I like, I've got great support, great yeah. friends who keep reminding me of look how far you've come. But again, it's that feeling of not being good enough and not knowing enough to believe it in myself. Yeah. Um, and, again, it's trying to find that magic bullet that's not there really. <laughs> no, it's not there. Yeah, they mm. don't know anything mm. uh, more than you know, yeah. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it, ladies? I'll just open up the conversation to everybody that we kind of create, build this reality around us that feeds those beliefs. So, you know, all of you have mentioned some degree about progression and that it's kind of like you won't even allow yourself to really um dive in and explore and enjoy the fruits of your labor over the years and and really acknowledge what you've achieved because that would then mean that maybe you do belong and you are good enough i had a, a fun experience what two weeks ago I was. I went and had a lesson at Parbury's. We were down the in the Southern Highlands. I was having a lesson with Mel and Riley Alexander was riding Chibi, the big Andalusian stallion, in the arena at the same time. And I just went, uh, in no other sport. <laughs> and I went, and, and I it actually almost got me past the imposter syndrome thing yeah. because why should I even compare? what I'm doing to a professional on a, and an Andalusian stallion who's competing, working towards Peace and President George. Right. Hey, but we are in the same arena. He was very distracting to ride with, by the way, because it's just so beautiful. But <laughs> both of them, the, the rider and the horse. But um, yeah. I almost got past it. It's like, well, in no other sport are you lining up to go in an arena with people at that end, like at that end of the sport. Um, 
That's fascinating, isn't it? And yeah. I guess that that it really comes to a head at the competition warm up. Yeah, when it's literally everyone, you know, you can have people who have competed at the world championships, you know, three months earlier, um, and you're competing at preliminary at the local competition, and you're in the same warm up arena. It's fascinating. Yeah, I remember standing with my mongrel Appy at Syac one day, and Heath Ryan came up on one of his beautiful oh she said I'm running late Are you okay if I jump the queue for gear check and I'm like yes sure <laughs> <laughs> I don't really even belong here <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, Jolene what about you what how do you feel in the in the warm-ups at competitions does it sort of magnify those feelings for you uh Yes and no. Um, in some ways, I just want to be like them. I suppose that's mine. I don't think I'm like them. I just want to be able to ride like them. So that's probably more. So I'm watching all the time, just trying to figure out how I can be more like the best riders they are. Yeah. Um, never want to be professional or anything like that. And it, like most of us, just want that dream to ride a Grand Prix test, um, but just to be able to, I suppose, look like them, like how they look on a horse and how they connect with their horse and, you know, mm. and that's, that's how I sort of. And do you ever go to that next point of saying, okay, well, here are these um, riders or maybe you, if you pick one rider, you think I really like how they ride and do you ever take it to that next point of breaking it down? Well, what is it exactly about? how they're riding so you can then put whatever is actionable for you, whatever's possible, into place? Or do you leave it at that, oh, God, they're just so great and I'm not? No. I, well, I try and think about it and then, you know, my problem is I'd love to chat to them. Yeah. What are you doing? What are the the differences? Like what are the differences between what they're doing to what I'm doing? What are they doing out of the saddle? that I should be doing. But, of course, I'm never going to go up and walk up to them and say, look, love the way you work, but what do you do? Like mm. I just wouldn't, mm. you, you know, you, you just don't think you're yeah, good enough to ask them the, the questions. And maybe I don't really want to hear the answers because it might be really, really, really hard work what they're really doing. Yeah. <laughs> too, and the, uh, you know, the other part of it is that it might be, stuff that you already know yeah or you could have a pretty good guess yeah that's that's it and then oh yeah and yeah you just go oh they might not even want to know you so if you went up and asked them Mm. or you're like a giddy child and don't want to and look like an idiot because you're going up and asking them the questions (laughs) Ladies, where to from here? It's actually quite, I can see that actually can be quite debilitating. This, it's such a, um, it can be a really acute form of self-sabotage, right? This is my goal. I want to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is, let's say right at Grand Prix. But then this whole belief system that is, you know, your mind creating this belief system is 100% sabotaging that goal it's it's really tricky so where to from here do you have any ideas about what you want to put in place to try to 
make it a little lighter for you and a little more joyful for you? Anyone have any ideas? Oh, look, I've thought lots of things like, but it's also affordability. Do you look at a mindset coach to get you over that step? Or mm. um, do you, yeah, what other things can you do to set yourself up more to get out of that thought pattern? Um, but as to what the next step, you know, yeah, what to do, that's probably the hardest thing because you don't know because you're thinking your thoughts are so varied that you just don't know where to start, so you just mm -hmm. stay stuck. Mm. Kind of get caught on the loop. Yeah, yeah, mm. that continual loop and not sure how you branch out of it. Mm. I, I have, um, you know, approached ways to to deal with it and I did do a hypnotherapy session mm. which really, um did really help and I guess I probably need to go back and revisit that mm. and that's you know <clears throat> potentially one of my own self-sabotages is that you work on something so you feel like you've actually accomplished that and then you put it to the side and then you start on something else and I had a discussion with Emma about that a couple of weeks ago when she said it's just like icing a cake like you don't do a little bit and then take that icing off and then restart it again right 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 you need you to build. You want to build on that. Yeah, you keep layering on top of it. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, because we, and we all, sorry, sorry, Verena, come to you to say. I just, I just thought it popped in my mind because we we only do things that serve us, right? Like you're getting you're getting something from these behaviors and these thought processes. Verena, what 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 are you thinking about? What's next, and how to help yourself? I think for me to be really clear about what it is that I want to achieve. Yeah. Um, and for me it's developing that pony. And when I you look back at when I last competed at Clarendon, which was four years ago, we did a prep test. This time at least we were at novice. Um, Amazing. And think about the things, and I, I can list out the things that I achieved that day that aren't reflected in that dressage score. But oh, that's great. Um, he didn't pick root. I didn't get scared. I'm the only thing I'm scared of now are dressage judges and doing being judged, actually. So yeah. if I don't enjoy being judged, don't do tests. Right. Um, it doesn't stop me from doing dressage. Yes, it's um, so true. And, and have fun. Like yeah. you can't buy a pony and expect the results of a imported warm blood. So right. just go do what you're doing with the pony and have some fun. Go for some yeah. jumps and uh, do that sort of stuff. So really focus on why you're riding and dressage scores are not why I'm riding so don't worry too much about it I think it's such a great note to wrap up on Verena because as you know as I'm often saying it's it's meant to be fun I want to I so want this sport to be fun for all the riders you know and for us to enjoy our horses Thank you so much, all of you. Geez, that was fascinating hearing about the challenges that are going on. This is exactly why I love recording these podcasts, um, especially with our Goldies, because we just get to know everyone at a deeper level and tap into, you know, issues that are going on that would be impacting loads of riders. You know, so I think it's really great, really generous of you all to share. So thank you all very much. Thank you.
Thanks, Nat.